Thank you for listening to Cafecito with us. I'm Sarah. And I'm Diana. Please remember to subscribe. And leave us a review. All right. Hello, hello, hello. They were actually celebrating Martin Luther King's Junior's Day. And so with that, today we actually want to talk about volunteerism. How do we define that and how it manifests in different ways? And just share a little more about our experience in service and volunteerism. I mean, this topic, it, it, it comes up often like this around this time. Everybody, you know, just starts discussing Dr. Dr. King's life and his legacy. And, you know, it, it, it inspires all of us to have a day of service. Like we consider mm-hmm. today a day of service in honor of, of him. So it makes me think about what service means, how service is manifested in different individuals. So you have servicemen and women who serve in like the Army National Guard, the Marine, like that service. And then you have individuals who don't have, not in the specialty, like not in the in the forces in the Army, in el ejército, but like day-to-day life. And then the service that people provide abroad, right? Like individuals who have traveled to other countries to provide their time. So in thinking about all of that, I I don't want to say that there's a wrong way to volunteer, right? Because at the end of the day, I, I assume that the intention is to assist a group of people and not for recognition right right so when you when you volunteer when you do a year of service so i did a year of service in ecuador and we would have people you know come in and out and also like it's a learning experience too but there there were times where we didn't know how to identify why certain things would make you feel a certain way. So for example, and and I'm not saying that one way is better than another, but what I am saying is ultimately, I think the act of service has to do with what time, the time and what you're dedicating to the group of individuals within that space. And it's not just a check off the box. I'm here I did this and I'm gone, but more so to really emerge yourself within either the culture or the community or the what more can you do within Mm -hmm. the space. And I did find that there would be individuals who would come into a space, take their pictures, get it done, right? Mm -mm. Make sure they get their photo op and then be done but not respect the individuals that they were serving their people, right? Like it's not a zoo. And Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's the, 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 the vibe that's given off. And I don't think it's the intention. Like I genuinely don't think that individuals come in intentionally to make it seem like this is a photo op and I'm done. And then they post on their social and, and this is what I've done and, and like go me. But when you've thought about service and you've committed your life to that value system, 
it is very challenging when you do see individuals who take it as a photo op versus emerging themselves within the space, which doesn't mean you can't take a picture and also emerge yourself, but right. <laughs> you tell me I mean, what you think. That, that reminds me, no, the whole time you're explaining that, that actually reminds me of companies, right? And the whole performative notion of serving and, and the PR and the picture and the one and done and that lack of, to your point, immersing themselves and really investing in the long term in a community and the individuals. But I digress because <laughs> we won't make this about companies, but it really reminded me of, of uh, some of the things I've seen in that uh, sector. So for me, I would say that service doesn't necessarily have to be also in the masses. Like I, I think a lot of folks, you just use an example of community and multiple people. For me personally, I've done it or taken the approach doing it in a very individualized way. So helping people and not necessarily only financially, because right, sometimes you, if you're in a financial standing, you can certainly help your neighbors or your friends in that way that aren't necessarily family. But for me, it's also what skills, right, do I have, whether it's artistic or your human capital, right? And so for me, it's really doing mentorship. And again, that is totally outside of work. It's totally outside of any, you know, paid. It's it's just, I come across young ladies who I see that are in college, right? And it could be simple, like the, the latest mentee I've, I'll say I've acquired <laughs> is really based on a conversation we had in a transaction as I was buying something. And she made a comment, right, about how nice something I was purchased. I think it was like decor, dorm decor was. And I was like, it's for one of my mentees. And so I use that language because it wasn't a French who was much younger. It was for someone I was advising and encouraging in the school. And so she like asked, could I be your mentee? I'm also in school. So anyways, I end up meeting people like this. Um, and I end up spending, investing the time and teaching them for school, my perspective as a first gen, right? And just sharing different, yeah, like trials about school, family. And I think that's the way I see like my volunteerism and service. It's it's not necessarily with an organization, although kudos to people obviously doing mm -hmm. that type of work as well. But for me, it's yeah, much more like individualized approach. Well, it's it's to your capacity, right? And and you mm -hmm. said something that's very that's very true in all aspects, all pillars of service are helpful, whether it's financial, because obviously mm -hmm. organizations or wherever you're serving, if you're if you're giving your time to an organization, that organization is always looking for funding and for support to get the resources that they need for the individuals in the community that you're looking to serve. However, what does happen sometimes is they have the influx of the financial for the resources, right? So let's say an organization is investing in mechanic, like mechanical engineering or like anything within like auto mechanics and they have all the equipment, mm -hmm. but they don't have mechanics to teach and assist the youth in how to use these instruments and these equip the equipment for them to get ahead. So I think it goes hand in hand. And that's why I say it's not a one-off, but mm -hmm. using your skill set and what you have as an individual to say, what else can I contribute to this space? So it's time, mm -hmm. 
It's listening, Mm -hmm. it's listening, it's investing in individuals. And the other thing with that too, Diana, and you brought up a good point with having mentees is you don't know what service, you don't know the impact that you're making instantly. Mm. This takes time and you may never know. (laughs) You may never hear back. You may, you, you, you know, you may keep in touch with the person. You may not, but at times you just, you just don't know what the outcome will be. So you are investing your time. The individual is receiving your time and, and, and what you're teaching them or, or whatever it is that you're doing within Mm -hmm. that space. But ultimately you don't know what the impact will be because a lot of times the teachings, and if you think about individuals who have dedicated time to you, a lot of stuff that you've learned begins to manifest and you begin to use later right. and it's not in the immediate. So it's something that's useful, but maybe not useful within the year, but it ends up being useful a decade from when you learned it. Right. So with service, that's that's the hard pill to swallow. I think with service is when you're dedicating yourself to a community of people you think that you are, you know, doing all of this, but at the end of the day, you don't know what the outcome is. You're just trying to make, you're just trying to make the situation better at the time. And the thing with service, I mean, and and volunteering in general is you don't have to wait for a day, right? You don't have to wait. And it doesn't have to be Dr. MLK's day in general. Like people sometimes wait like, oh, you know, it's a nursing day. So let's do something for the nurses, right? Or, oh, it's Mm -hmm. so-and-so day. I don't think, right, there's that limitation when you do service and volunteerism generally. Like if you want to do it, it doesn't have, it could be any regular day. And I actually see my partner, Nate, does this a lot. He will literally, every time we go out of this building and walk around and do a lap or go get coffee, like he cleans up whatever he sees on the streets, right? And he doesn't wait for cleanup day or earth day to, you know, pick up the trash in the park or he does this every single day he goes out. And it's generally because he cares about the community. And not that I'm going to label that service, but he's giving back to the community. It's awareness, way. right? Mm-hmm. It's awareness, social awareness to like, don't wait, don't kick the can down the road. That's the saying, don't kick the can down the road. You know, if you can do something, why not? I'm the person who, if I see a screw or a nail somewhere, I pick it up and I put it somewhere so that it doesn't end up in someone's tire. Mm. Oh, God forbid, like this ends up in someone's (laughs) tire or like my tire or anyone's tire. Like who? So things like that. But you're thinking about others. Exactly. Well, you just, you exist not just for yourself is my own personal Mm -hmm. philosophy is I don't just exist to be Sarah and right like (laughs) I exist I I would assume that I exist for another purpose other than just for myself but to the point that you said it doesn't have to be a specific day it also doesn't have to be a specific location like a lot of times and and when I've had conversations Mm -hmm. with um younger people who are graduating college and and deciding and figuring out what to do next I am a huge advocate of volunteering if you're able to do it, because it is hard, because when you're volunteering, you're not getting paid. At least I didn't get paid for right. a year. Right. Um, I ended up in Ecuador <laughs> with no no sense of payment. And I also had to pay student loans. So it is very challenging. It is, it is a sacrifice. 
um, because you're doing oh, one yeah. year of work with no pay and you still have like your student loans to pay for. But I always recommend that if you're able to volunteer somewhere, it it opens up your world to many different things and many different people, um, both within the volunteer space who are volunteering and both the community that's being served. But you don't have to go to a developing country right to do service there's needs everywhere and there's always organizations who are looking for individuals looking to invest time to assist yeah and 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 manage that so i always say if you're able to find something that you're super passionate about if you like cooking and there's like a soup kitchen that you can volunteer your time at have at it, right? If you like reading and you want to go read to the elderly or to children, have at it. Whatever it is that you like to do, there's most likely an opportunity for you to do that thing. It's, I just, I always wonder, I always think about like, there's so many stories to be told and there's so many stories to listen and to learn from that you learn a lot from people, the more you're exposed to people. And it's a beautiful thing that we are all like humans and like social creatures. And we learn so much about people's lives and that's genuine. I'm a people person. So genuinely like my need for service is to listen and to hear more about what people's lives have been like. And I've heard some great stories from people and I've heard some very sad stories from people and it just makes you more aware of things that you wouldn't necessarily be aware of otherwise, because there is a level of privilege that a lot of us live that we don't realize. Even the most underprivileged have privilege. And that's, that's the hard, that's the hard part. So for all, as an example, there was this one time I was working somewhere And this individual needed to get vaccinated. He had an appointment scheduled and he, he, he was like nowhere to be found. Um, So my coworker and I call and it turns out the man was blind and he was like, I thought my, he just made a mistake and thought his appointment was the next day. And it's like, no, no, it's today. So my coworker very kindly was like, well, let's get him an Uber and and let's get him over here. Right. And we waited and like, it was, it was a whole thing, but then this man like sits down and starts explaining his story, right. He's just chatting away. And this is someone who hasn't had a lot of social contact. So when you have someone who actually wants to talk to you or listen, so he starts explaining that he was from, he was from Nigeria. And he said that he was studying chemical engineering in Nigeria. And then he came to this country to continue his studies. But he started losing his eyesight. So he wasn't born blind. He started Mm -hmm. losing his eyesight. And then by a certain age, he just, he had no more eyesight. He couldn't pursue his career. He lives alone. And it was this whole, this whole, this whole story. And I was just like mind blown in, I would have never had an opportunity to meet this man. I would have never met him otherwise. Where would I have met this man 
if I wasn't in that specific place at that specific time and just open to engaging and having a conversation with people and you learn. And then with that, I'm like, how many people exist? Many who have these disabilities, different disabilities who are tucked away and hidden within our society. I agree with you on that point about, right, you don't have to go to a developing country and poor places. Like you can certainly help and serve in your own backyard. I know one, two examples I thought of in college too that you mentioned as part actually of the education opportunity fund, we had to also volunteer. And I did like paintings for the holidays outside of the small business corridors, right? Even things that you don't, and to my point about using all of your abilities, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily like, oh, I'm just mentoring, but it could even be the arts. You beautify a space. Yeah. (laughs) For the holidays, there I was painting, uh, you know, um, snowflakes and snowmen on the small businesses uh, windows. But the other volunteerism experience I just remembered was actually in Italy. So when I had done a semester abroad, uh, I was living my best life being an artist for four months. And I volunteered actually at like a middle school. It was an elementary school in Italy, in Florence. And it was actually to help support the English teacher there. So the Italian kids were taking English classes. And there was one Latino kid in that class, just one. He was a little cute. I I still remember. He was a little cute Peruvian boy. And he had just migrated with his family. So there he was in Italy, learning Italian and taking English English. as a, you know, required course there. And he was on the struggle bus, right? He obviously didn't understand Italian, let alone like here you are introducing English. And it was me and like two other students that were volunteering in, in this class. And obviously they, you know, had at it with the little Italian kids. And I was there to help support the Peruvian boy. And it was such a joy because you could generally see how frustrated he was. And, you know, and then I was able to explain everything in Spanish to English. So it was incredible, but also a reminder why it's so important to be bilingual, trilingual and multilingual <laughs> in general, because you were able to bring, again, that 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 connection, that joy, and, and just that assistance in a way that I never thought, like, I was not expecting that when I went to volunteer. Yeah, I was doing that for months, just helping this little That's boy. awesome. <laughs> My experience in, in Quito was, so all the volunteers, we had to teach English. We had to teach, so it's Quito, Ecuador. Everyone speaks Spanish. <laughs> for the longest time, I think all the volunteers normally in years past We're all from the Midwest, Caucasian, all spoke Spanish, but that was the the prototypical um, volunteer. My year, we had a decent amount of Latinos volunteering. We were tasked with physical education, some of us, music, English, and adult education. And adult education we had to teach math reading to the parents. So to the Mm -hmm. adults at times, I think the limited education was like first at some of them at a first grade leaving reading level, some of them not at all. But then I had the girls and I was supposed to teach, I think level three English and we're in the (laughs) class. And I was like, I'm not teaching these girls English. I was like, I think we're better off learning health and like basic female health because it was only girls that Mm -hmm. I had. No one knows anything. I had 
I had 11 year olds to 14 year olds and Mm -hmm. no one knew anything. None of the girls knew anything Mm -hmm. about their reproductive health, about what a period was. Like when I tell you nothing, nothing. What an opportunity though, yeah. And and then there was a lot of teen pregnancies. Ecuador has a high level of teen pregnancies at least at the time. So I was like, it's a pivotal moment. So here I am trying to draw like, ovaries a fallopian you gotta redraw it for me oh my god but I was like what's the need and you know I I made a decision I deemed understanding health and your reproductive health way more important than learning English as a response as a responsible adult and woman it is important that you know these things. So I did that with my girls. It was awkward. Like they felt extreme. These are the first time Mm. that we're having these conversations. I remember being like, just write them down. If you want to write them down and I'll just read them. I won't know who said it, but at the end of the day, if we're uncomfortable talking about these things, then we should Mm -hmm. not be doing these things. And these are young girls, but like you 11 is preteen. And when you're talking mm-hmm. about teen pregnancy, we're starting at a young age here, right? With no information, which is the mm-hmm. scariest part, like an unawareness of how babies are made. So that was my younger girls. And then two of the other volunteers who are one of my close, like two of my really close friends or one of my best friends, they had the older girls. And they heard they, I was like at night, we would regroup and talk about like what our days were like, mm-hmm. we're like, can you come do this with the older girls? And I was like, that's going to be really freaking awkward. <laughs> Cause that was like 15 to 17. Oh yeah. The that's questions, tough. the questions and the stuff that came out, I was like, oh my God the conversations that need to be had. So it was like, again, you, 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 that was an opportunity that I had. So I had graduated from graduate school with a a master's in public health and with a concentration in community health education. And that was when I was like, sink or swim, this is how you learn to talk about health education and sexual education with a group of youth and you can't be nervous. Like you can't, you, you being the one in the front of the room cannot be the one to be like, um, es que quizás, you know, like name it for what it is. This is what's going on with your body. This is what it means. This is how you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be careful. STDs, HIV, <laughs> STI, like the whole Man, thing that they yeah. were sitting there like, Right. Totally unaware, but, and, and, and these were very pivotal moments for me. And like, I don't know if it made an impact. I don't know. I I, I can't tell you that metric wise I've prevented 90% of teen pregnancies within that organism. Like, I don't, I don't know, but at very least, I think they left with an understanding that these topics should not be taboo and that they should feel comfortable asking medical providers these these questions so that they don't find themselves in tough situations. Right. And you also don't know, to your point about the impact, but they may very well, if they don't have access to a medical provider, use those nuggets of information and share mm-hmm. it with their friends or their siblings because and their the families. Myths, because the myths and stuff that I was hearing... Mm. 
I was like, no, 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 mm -mm, that's not how that works. It was interesting to me too, because I was able to go into the mind of a young person. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. I, I mean, I would do it. It was, it was such a life changing moment for me that it just, I was able to bring everything together. I was 25. So I was older than most of the volunteers, um, older by like two years because they had graduated college and this was their gap year. Mm. And I graduated graduate school and I did my year of service. So I was already in my career. I had a degree. I was ready to like come back to the U.S. after the year and, and, and start looking for a job within public health. But for me, I I mean, it was such a huge learning opportunity as an individual and like what I wanted my life to kind of look like in regards to service and how important service mm. is, which is why I advocate for people volunteering in whatever space and capacity they can and getting to know the people that they work with is the biggest, is the biggest thing. Amen. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Certainly encourage folks to, to serve, right? To volunteer and to give back in any possible way, whether it's financial, but whatever you're good at, you know, whether it's the sciences, maths, the health, you know, every, any, any way you can give back. And it's rewarding, not just, you know, like we said, it's not about you. It's really, and I, I share this philosophy too, that we're like super connected. We are connected as society, as individuals. So when you see someone down, you shouldn't just look away. I mean, they're part of you, yeah, right? And so society is a reflection of what we allow as well. And so if we can give back and make the world a better place. I think, I think people underestimate what abilities they have to be able to serve. So for example, art. Art is an investment. And I think about when you go into spaces and the inequities that exist, even in some schools, right? Like you have some schools that you lo- you walk in and you're like, this is beautiful. <laughs> and there's murals and there's artwork and yeah. there's color and there's light. And then you go into other schools that the brick and mortar is falling apart. There's rust coming out. You see from the sink, like they don't have new sink. And mm-hmm. it's brown and yellow lighting. And, and it's just dim that if you have the opportunity to beautify and add color to young minds space, that's like huge, huge. Because sometimes when you don't have it, you don't feel you deserve it. Mm. And then when you see it and someone like, you give a child that are used to having old used books, you give them a new book. And I'm not saying go buy brand new books for everybody, but like the beauty of having something new, colorful, pretty, <laughs> that isn't broken is really important mm. to children and to adults because they at times feel unworthy of having these things because they've never had it before. Right. And it's like, no, you are worthy of this and so much more. 
your, your, your current situation does not dictate how you live the rest of your life. That is a no. And that's part of that time and dedication that you give to people is like, no, 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 this is, this is a temporary moment and it's a really hard moment, but there's more. No, trust me. There's more. Well, and our like everyday skills, talents, standing, I think we forget is a privilege and a luxury for so many, right? And even if it's like I said, like the language or in your case, the public health knowledge, you just don't know the things that sometimes we may take for granted as just being of who we are is actually an extension to do community service and to do service in general and volunteer because it goes to luxury. Right, it's a privilege to many people that are underprivileged and are mm-hmm. in a place temporarily, maybe that they don't have access to that. And also, it takes time. You have to be you yourself in order to serve. Have to be in a good position emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. financially to an extent in order to serve. You can't serve others if you are not well yourself, and that mm-hmm. is the biggest. Mm-hmm. This is service is not about being a martyr and that's, and, and that's really hard sometimes. And it's like, I can't go out and help others if I have not helped myself and I am not well, and I'm not healthy in, in whatever space Mm -hmm. I need to be in. So I think also tying in grace and giving yourself a moment Mm -hmm. that if I can't do this at this very moment. It's not the end of the world. Right. Don't feel you obligated. Have to, you have to, you have to, you have to give yourself time and you have to give yourself grace in. This is not the right time. This is ultimately something that I'd like to do, but it's not the right time to do this now. Mm-hmm. I want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Anyway. Right. Because then you do more harm than good for right. not only yourself, but because others. Because then you're all over, you're all over the place. Right. So I mm-hmm. think that's also a really important thing to mention is it's not about like how much I can do in a short period of time. It's being true to yourself, understanding where you are as a person and how much emotion you are willing to invest in a space and time, because it does require a lot of you as a person. Mm -hmm. Certain things I cannot do. I cannot be, I cannot be in a certain space. And, and like, I accept that. I can't, I, I, one person cannot do it all. Right. Which is why you have that awareness, which is super important. Which is why, Diana, to your point about what you're good at, not everyone is good at everything. Mm -hmm. So individuals Mm -hmm. are really good at one certain thing. You can hone in on that. And that's what Mm -hmm. you can use to invest your time. Right. That that's the point. Right. Like it's not no way about I can't do everything mm-hmm. and I can't save everyone and I can't be everything to everyone. Right. No, 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 no. Because that's a disservice to yourself. We're not looking yeah. to remove from you to give to yeah, right? yeah. like you, you can't yes. remove from yourself and be left with nothing. Mm hmm. To give boundaries. someone else everything, you boundaries. boundaries. As we, as we talk about boundaries. in previous episodes, right? Boundaries. No, I mean, it, I just think it's yeah. a, it's 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 yeah. a huge it's a huge balance. Like service is not just like, which is why it's more than a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more than a day. I guess the day, the commemoration of of today, and thinking of a day of service is an opportunity for you to either act or think and reflect on what service means to you, 
what you can do, mm-hmm. what you can tr- can contribute, how much you can contribute time-wise, I mean, like, or economically, whatever, mm-hmm. and then act on it. Yeah. It, it's methodical. It's, it's a thoughtful process. It's kind of like and New it's Year's. And it's the start, right. And I it's feel like it's kind of like a something. resolution, right? Like when New Year's, you have a resolution, but it doesn't just end there. It doesn't just magically happen. Like you have to put in the work throughout the days in the year. And so it's, I, that's kind of how I would see it actually. Yeah, yeah it's a thought process. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's a kickstart. There's seasons, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a kickstart to what you'd like to do. It's not mm-hmm. the one day, just like your New Year's resolution, right? Like it's not just, I do this one day and then, Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Barbie. Estoy super flaca, right? Like it takes time. It, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. Right. For sure. So use today as an opportunity to think about what you'd like to do, what you can contribute. Nothing is too little. Mm-hmm. Time is is a huge, huge, huge asset to a lot of organizations. Right. Financial is also a huge asset, but time, giving your time to a person is is also extremely beneficial. Agreed. Um, as for me, I'm going to head over to the museum <laughs> today uh, and they're having community days, um, activities, but I love that. taking some, I'm taking a family with me and again, Think about, yeah, what do you, what can you do on your day off? How do you reflect? Give back to Sarah's point time. Super important. Just supporting your local organizations as well in any way. All right, folks. Well, thank you. Until next time, go out and serve. And share what you've done or what you're looking to do or some ideas of where you volunteered and we'll kickstart that conversation. Thank you all. Thanks. Thanks.